The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. to another Thursday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton and Aisha Morrison with you here in our little podcast studio. You'll notice it's just the two of us on your feed in the studio. We've got Jess, though, joining us remotely. She is handling some personal business, so she is luckily spending some time with us virtually. Ladies, how was the week? How are we doing? I'm going to go to Aisha first because I'm told we have a delay. So Aisha, how was your week? <laughs> it's just been nuts, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, I can uh, check on your loved ones, man. Check on your people. Tell them you love them, all that good stuff. And yeah, it's just been just adjusting to the off season and just kind of how life is. It's like, I can't even explain it. It's like, the fog is clearing, yeah, and, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, you have time now. Oh, you have a life." No, I don't. It's still I, the I, same. I don't. But uh, everything's cool. Other than that, though, guys. Good, good. Jess, how we doing? How we feeling on this Thursday morning? You know what, guys? I'm feeling really optimistic. It's been a really weird week for me. I was really sick. I had some stuff happen at my apartment, and then I got really unfortunate news about my grandma. Uh, she's doing good. All is well. But that did uh, kind of extend a, a forced trip back home. So a nine-hour drive with two dogs is <laughs> always very interesting, especially when you have to get down at a gas station by yourself with two dogs. Very fun stuff. Um, but I'm back home getting some much-needed nephew loves and uh, hanging out with my mom so yeah like Aisha said love your people hug your people this week has just been so up and down for me so uh, I just appreciate everyone who's checked in who who uh, texted me when they saw the tweet and yeah I, I just love you guys so much and of course I had to like come on here virtually because this is like food for my soul so thank you guys very much and I'm excited to be here virtually uh, with this incredible window background because uh, my parents have a bird i'm at their house so if you hear something screaming it is a bird i swear it not is a not bird it is i know right so, <laughs> what's the bird's it's name a, it's a very interesting look. situation Can it <laughs> her talk? name is clarissa and the thing is yes and that's that's the problem is mm. that she doesn't say normal words she cusses so i don't want to get flagged here <laughs> or anything so i'm in this deep dark corner because i'm not trying to get in trouble with chris or jazzy <laughs> for my parents cussing bird so there you have it all right. We also saw, or I saw earlier before we started to, uh, Jess has her dogs with her. I believe she held up Toby a second ago. So Jess, feel free to just like take a break. Show us Toby every now and then. <laughs> hey, nephew. <laughs> I also have a dog named Toby too. So I love that we always find like new uh, connections between the three of us. Uh, so obviously, ladies, this was such a busy week. We had the season finale, so to speak, of the 2022-2023 oh. NFL season. Jess lost her camera. <laughs> uh, I'm back. Sorry. Uh, the Super Bowl wrapping up this week. The Chiefs beating the Eagles 38-35 in what was, I think, one of the better Super Bowls we've had in recent years. It was really competitive. I thought the level of play was fantastic. And I think for the first time in a couple years, this was truly the two best teams left in the NFL matching up. 
Uh, one of the things that's been kind of the talking point this week, and Aisha, I'll go to you for this, just because you're kind of our de facto uh, X's and O's, but that James Bradbury holding call last minute, that quote-unquote ended the game. It sealed the deal. He talked about it. Nick Sirianni talked about it. He admitted that it was holding. Um, but people are a little bit upset that that's how the game ended. Uh, for your perspective, you watched that whole game. You see that that's how it unfolds. What were your initial thoughts just on how the Super Bowl wrapped up? Um, I mean, from a fan standpoint, of course, you're going to be like, Penalties have been such the officiating has been such a no. It's not. It's in the best shape of its yes. It's in the best shape according to our. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, I don't want to lose my job. look. Look, hey, it's been but uh, no. The officiating this whole look, the officiating this whole season has been up and down. And even in the playoffs, we've seen some calls that are just like so. Of course, I think it's natural for fans to be like, duh, like for it to end and for that to be the you know the big factor, but. The player admitted that it was there. We have numerous replays showing that it's there. And honestly, as they said, like, that's not what lost the game for them. Like, there were quite a few pivotal moments in that game. And honestly, if Nick Bolton might have – he might have a word on that fumble that right. he felt like was – I'm sure a lot of people felt like was a fumble, but it ended up just being an incomplete pass. So, unfortunately, this is kind of how the game bounces sometimes, and that's what happens. So, uh, I don't know. I was – at first, I was like, for real, I felt the same way. But when you see it on the replay, as many times as you see it, you just like, okay, well, that that's really a thing. And you can't give teams like KC a, a breath of fresh air. You cannot give them – they're going to capitalize off it. And obviously, they did, and they went on to win the game. So, unfortunate there for uh, Philly how that kind of worked out. But in those moments, that's when people's bodies get tight. <laughs> he got a little <laughs> tight right there, and he started grabbing, which is something that a lot of corners yeah. do. So – um, unfortunate, but it's part of the game. Yeah, I agree. And when you look at, too, just like the, again, just the, the matchup of how, you know, both teams were playing, you knew it was going to come down to kind of a play like that. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were basically perfect in the second half, and you have to give them kudos for their quarterback coming back in after he tweaked his ankle. So, tough break, right? But... At the end of the day, I'm glad you brought up Nick Bolton because, to me, he should have won MVP. I mean, I, th I think Patrick did great things, but when you look at what he contributed on a defensive perspective to con help contain that Eagles offense, uh, I thought it was tremendous. Jess, I want to go to you. When you watched that game, I know we were all kind of, like, quietly and not so quietly rooting against the Eagles. Um, but what what stood out to you about this Super Bowl performance? Were there players that uh, that impressed you or a certain play in the game? What stood out to you on Sunday? Yeah, so, you know, uh, Aisha said, unfortunately, it turned that way for the Eagles. No, it's not. It's not unfortunate. <laughs> I, for one, was very happy to see that it turned out that way for the Eagles because those Eagles fans are so obnoxious. Oh, my goodness. Okay, off that, off that soapbox. But to answer your question, who impressed me the most? And unfortunately, guys, I had to talk my smack about the Eagles because I'm going to say, obviously, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. They played the best game of their careers, in my opinion, both of them. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal in that first half and that is scary that's scary because again you have talks of a long-term deal coming with him very soon which he has earned he deserves um so Jalen Hurts and then Patrick Mahomes retweaking that ankle coming back out that second half and playing like you said Haley a nearly perfect game that is phenomenal the fight uh and the grit that both of those guys really had as far as their leadership for their team um of course I love me a Travis Kelsey moment oh, so that's to see uh, the Kelsey leg. brothers story 
storyline yes. really play. You know what? It it needs some work. I'm, I'm not going to hate on him too uh-uh. much. I'm just going to say as a Dallas it needs resident, a little bit of work. As a Dallas resident, I was definitely <laughs> look, satisfied look, by his thinking. I knew leg. I knew as soon as he hit that little 45 degree angle. Oh, and then he does that. Oh, it was yes, it was, it was all point. <laughs> it was all point. You know, I will say, if there's a competition with tight ends and this little dancing celebration thing, tight end room in Dallas, like, I- I'm just going to say, I think they set the bar here, and, and they got to keep setting the-, the bar up higher and higher every year, because Travis Kelsey's coming for you with those dance moves, guys. I mean, hate to say it, but it's true. And so, yeah, I think to answer your question, both quarterbacks, and um, it was just such a good game. Usually Super Bowls are so low scoring, and what I was looking up, because I was curious during the game, is had this this game had 75 points total, it would have matched the record for the highest scoring Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. So, not too far off there, but I was definitely uh, keeping an eye on that because, gosh, what a great game, and what a great halftime performance can we just give some kudos to our girl Riri because Living. amazing the queen <laughs> we are not worthy it was so funny I was in Miami last week uh, visiting uh, my boyfriend Marcel so obviously we watched the game together and look I love football as much as you know everybody else in this building but when I tell you the hat like they came to the guys at the halftime set and the guys are like trying to show the highlights I'm like turn the highlights off the highlights are about to happen Rihanna's about to perform she was fantastic uh, we love a good halftime performance she did great i love that she's getting ready to welcome another baby as well shout out to her for uh setting the tone there as well but jess you mentioned the quarterback play just and there's a reason why we're talking about the super bowl guys we're going to segue here in just a second but um when you look at what the quarterbacks did for both of these teams you have the chiefs patrick mahomes 21 for 27 120 182 yards three touchdowns no interceptions and also no sacks so shout out to that chiefs Offensive line for keeping him him protected. Uh, On the other side of that, Jalen Hurts, uh, 27 for 38, 304 yards, one touchdown. And that's just his passing yards, which I thought was, when I say phenomenal, I mean, like, you hadn't really had to see him pass that much at that efficient level. So good on him. But really where he was impressive, once again, was on the ground. We know that's kind of his bread and butter. Uh, Three rushing touchdowns. I believe that that was the most by any quarterback in a Super Bowl performance. So uh, three rushing touchdowns for him, 70 yards on 15 carries. Uh, A lot of other guys who stepped up in this one. You'd mentioned Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco. To me, is I would get an Isaiah Pacheco jersey. I am obsessed with that guy and just the way he plays. Um, To me, an underrated part of the Super Bowl, though, was uh, Jarek McKinnon opting to go out of bounds at the two-yard line instead of running it into the end zone. Oh. He talked a little bit about yes. how um, – uh, what did he call it? I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Um, oh, church mode, where, you know, they just kind of recognize that, you know, this game is bigger than just scoring a touchdown. So for him to go out of bounds and to kind of let Harrison kick the field goal to, I guess – substitute that glory for someone else's glory. I thought that was really impressive. Uh, Devontae Smith for the Eagles was really great. So a lot of good performances. Now, the reason why we talk about the Super Bowl, number one, because it just happened. But number two, um, it made me think about, you know, if the Cowboys had been in that game, you know, if they were matching up with the Chiefs or if it was finally the, I guess it wouldn't have been the rematch against the Eagles, but let's say it was. It was Cowboys-Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, just some some matchups maybe or where the Cowboys could have found favor. Uh, Aisha, go to you first. If the, Let's say the Cowboys were playing the Chiefs. We'll set that 
uh, situation at first. Where do they thrive? Where do they need work? Do they win that game? What does a matchup like that look like? Well, a lot of the success that Philly saw against their um, against the Chiefs defense was really in the in the passing game in the secondary, and and uh, they, Philly was also able to get their running backs out in space and stuff like that. But the Chiefs. <laughs> The Chiefs, credit to Andy Reid, because when you look at the Chiefs defensively throughout the season, they, I, they didn't strike me as some dominant defensive team. Mm-hmm. But, dude, they were flying around. They were playing forward. And that's – that's like, so, like, when you ask me, like, how would I how would I beat them or how would I – the Super Bowl is such a unique thing with the time you have to game plan and just the adjustments you can make. If you have a good coach, you can make on the fly – the Chiefs came out to me and played such a defensive a defensive game in that second half like to adjust to what Philly was doing because they have the guys that can get open on their own and that's why you saw Devontae that's why you saw Devontae Smith get in the ball like that cuz he can create separation just getting it to your playmaker so if I'm being straight up with you when I was watching that game I was like man I don't know if Dallas can hang and yeah. it's not about listen hey don't don't be mad at me <laughs> and it's not and it wasn't like in a in a bad way i just was saying to myself like dude would dallas have the stars to take over in those moments yeah cd might get busy there you know he might have success if tp was playing he might have success but the way that the chiefs game plan to really make philly have to beat them really in the passing game they didn't run the ball extremely efficiently Mm -hmm. i mean Jalen did his thing yeah but just to even have the chiefs shut down their run like that's not something that they've done well all season so that was what i took from it was like i was sitting there watching like could Dallas play maybe? But I don't know if they could hang with just how many stars stepped up in those moments. I mean, like Travis Kelsey just was like, hey, I'm here. You know, every if, time, if wide you, open, every time. If you need me, <laughs> you can call on me. <laughs> and so for me, I, yeah, I, I don't know like how. Like impossible. It, yeah. Impossible. <laughs> um, but my bad. No, <laughs> but my bad. No, it was just dope to see the, the coaching to me, like the chess match with the coaching. Like, okay, your guy's doing this. Okay, you guys keep doing this outside zone stuff. We're going to make you, we're going to make these, our corners are going to come up and tackle. And that was something that I saw as well. So I don't know if, I'm sorry, I know that was long-winded. But for me, was the dopest thing was just seeing the coaching adjustments, mm-hmm. even the team's adjustments, like, we might not have did this well all season, but we might do it well today because yeah. this is Super Bowl day. So that's that's my thing is the game planning and how you can almost change your identity if you if you kind of want to to win that game if you need to. Jess, what about you? What what uh, where do you think the Cowboys could have thrived or could they have thrived at all? Yeah, I think I think if Dak played a game like he did uh, in Tampa Bay, had he played like that, the Cowboys would have stood a chance. I think uh, you know, no no turnovers would have been absolute key for this game, Mm. and that's any game, right? I mean, we've talked about that all season. Is you can't have turnovers, but look what happened when Jalen Hurts fumbled that ball. That was really the downfall of the start of the downfall uh, for the Eagles there. So I think Dak would have had to play a near perfect game and be in that same conversation as far is, hey, Jalen Hurts played uh, one heck of a game, so so did Patrick Mahomes. Dak would have had to be on that same kind of level to play a near-perfect game, no turnovers, and again, really rely on his guys. Now, I think that would have fallen back on how creative the offensive game planning could have been, um, and I think that is something that would have worried me a little bit, is utilizing your weapons when you need to utilize them, utilizing your tight end room, utilizing Michael Gallup, and even getting Noah Brown in there a little bit. 
Um, but I, what I would have been very interested to see, and, you know, unfortunately the turf uh, at the stadium proved otherwise, Ugh. is I would have been interested to see the kind of game Cavante Turpin would have had. To me, that kick return, oh my goodness. Special teams, I, you're right, It got girl. me pumped. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, Cavante Turpin could be taking one back in the Super Bowl. I, I like that was the first thing that went through my mind. But um, special teams also, yes, credit to them because they were also just playing all three cylinders so well. So um, to me, I think it would have come down to the offensive game plan. Defensively, I didn't. When looking back hindsight now to how the game played out, I wouldn't have worried so much about what Dan Quinn was able to do and how he was able to yeah. adjust. But it would have been key for the guys to get in the trenches, to get around putting pressure on, say it was Patrick Mahomes, and get that ball out. They would have had to force turnovers, which Patrick Mahomes was releasing that ball like that. I mean, I don't blame him. But, um, yeah, that's really what I would have been looking for. And so... Uh, it is now off season officially, and it just seems very sad and dark. I mean, guys, we don't we don't have NFL football for a while, so mm. I don't know I don't know what I'm doing with all this time I have now. This this is not fun. I don't know, man. I'm kind of vibing right now. <laughs> I'm excited for that off <laughs> season. I'm in the draft like, stuff. So yeah. <laughs> what life? <laughs> What's that? Look. <laughs> Something that stood out to me, too, Aisha, and I, I love that you mentioned the coaching in that as well. There was a moment where, and again, like I know I talk about him all the time, but Marcel works for ESPN. He covers the Dolphins, and so I love being able to watch things with him because he sees the game just so much different than I do a lot of times, and he explains things to me. And where it really stood out was uh, the Chiefs, I believe it was their second touchdown in the second half, um, where the wide receiver ran like a double move, cut in, and then cut back wide open touchdown and at first like I didn't really see that as being like not that it wasn't impressive but I didn't know why it was impressive right and that's just growing in the game and learning and watching and just the way we like rewound we rewounded it rewinded it we rewinded rewound. it we rewound whatever Re -rewound? we ran it back <laughs> we ran it back and we <laughs> broke it down uh, and it was purely just coaching you know what I mean it was them getting in the film room and saying okay this is how the Eagles like to load up this is where they like to put their secondary like how can we break that down how can we get past it and they did it twice mm. one on either side of the field and it worked and so to me that's where I'm kind of like eh, I don't know if our secondary could have handled that I don't know if our you know just at this point of the season all of my notes that I wrote like oh well like this could have been cool if the Cowboys didn't have a banged up O-line this could have been a game if the Cowboys had Tony Pollard you know just all these little what ifs so uh just thought that was interesting conversation to have but Jess mentioned it it is officially the off season. Uh, and some of the younger guys have some things to say about what the Cowboys should be doing in this offseason to get better and to get into that Super Bowl next year. We're going to talk about that and what the NFC East could look like next season when we come back on our second block of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. 
Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Registration is now open for the 2023 Dallas Cowboys Youth Football and Cheer Camps, presented by Invisalign. Use promo code SPRINGBREAK23 for $25 off camps on March 14th or 15th, and take advantage of early bird pricing when you sign up for a summer camp by May 12th. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. It feels weird that I'm doing that, and Jess isn't doing it, but Jess isn't doing it because she's joining us remotely on a camera jess navarez aisha morrison Haley sutton uh ladies the super bowl has come and gone that means it is time to start thinking about 2023 aisha's doing a lot of work with the draft show we're going to get to that in a little bit and what she's been seeing as far as some of the guys who could be joining the team but some of the guys who are already on this roster ladies have been really adamant about speaking out and how they can make this Dallas Cowboys team better, how this roster this time next year will be playing in that Super Bowl next week. Uh, a lot of the guys have been vocal. We know Micah Parsons spends a lot of his time on Twitter. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's okay. Uh, but someone who stood out to me this week uh, was CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he spent time at the Super Bowl. He was getting a lot of media attention, which I love for him, right, because he's finally entered that chat of, oh, yeah, like I can walk with the ones. I can get interviewed like the ones. So uh, good for him. But uh, something that stood out to me, he was doing an interview with Sports Illustrated, and the reporter asked him, what do the Cowboys need to do in the offseason in order for y'all to be in this game this time next year? And without hesitation, CD said, we got to make some offseason moves. He said, look at what the Super Bowl teams that have made it have done in the past, right? They've recruited, they've recruited, they've built their roster. The Rams did it, the Eagles did it, they both were in the Super Bowl. Uh, and, that, and that was his thing. He said that's the trend that's going on lately. Uh, Jerry Jones also talked a lot at the Senior Bowl about how close this team is to, you know, being at that elite level. Um, Obviously, Aisha, you've seen some stuff on Twitter with these guys recruiting, but it just to me it sounds like they're they're really eager. You haven't really seen this in a while where the young guys are so bought in to the process of getting to the Super Bowl. But it sounds like they're talking the talk and they want to walk the walk. Yeah, man, it's uh, I'm I don't know if I've seen it, 
Like, I don't know if, since I've been paying attention to, to the Cowboys, you know, as much as I have, I don't know if I've seen young players be so vocal. But it's difficult to look around and see how other teams are building their teams. It's difficult to see... Philly go out and be so active in free agency. It's difficult to see the Chiefs bring in Kadarius Tony last minute, to, mm. and he makes a difference in the playoffs. It's difficult to see other teams kind of doing the necessary things outside of the draft to kind of build around them. And so what I'm looking at, noticing how Micah, how CD, how Trayvon, the young – I think it's important that these guys are guys that the Cowboys are – probably going to try to resign. These are gentlemen that you want to be here and they're stars at their position. For them to be vocalizing how much they want talent on this team and they want the team to be more aggressive. I mean, even Michael bringing up Deron Payne. Yeah. He clearly sees what a good <laughs> DT does for him. I just I wonder if that means something to the organization because I don't like I said I don't know if we've had young players be like, "Hey man, <laughs> we see that we need talent on this team and with how the Cowboys like to kind of attack you know, just really drafting and developing and not really touching free agency. I wonder if this com becomes a conversation. I wonder if this is something that maybe puts a little fire to them. Like, hey, especially, and these guys want to win. Mm -hmm. These guys want to win. They don't want to be here for decoration. They don't want to be here and win 12 games a season and then go to the playoffs and get knocked out the first round. These young guys seem like they, and I'm not saying the older gentlemen don't have yeah. it. But for them to vocalize it like this, I really do think it means something. And I hope that I hope that, you know, people are listening. I hope they're listening and we're seeing like what works around the league, building a team and getting to, getting over that hump. And so I don't know. I, I just I've it's been interesting to me just to see how fiery they've all kind of been and about it and it's intentional. Yeah. It's intentional, right? And so I, I, it's, I'm, this is an offseason that a lot of people are saying, like, what are the Cowboys going to do? Are they going to change up how they normally do things? Is it just continue going to continue to be drafted and developed? With, there's nothing wrong with that. But just with how adamant this, these young guys have been, and they're not even just young guys. They're guys that make a difference on this team. Um, you can tell they want to win. They want to do what it takes to win. So I don't know. I, it's just it, it piqued my interest. The, the gentlemen who've been speaking, it's it piqued my interest. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm looking at Micah's Twitter right now, and he has uh, tweets on there where he's like trying to recruit Calais Campbell. I mean, they're recruiting, the they're they're doing, and it's just like, are y'all recruit? Are players should players be recruiting more in the run office? I just don't know. Like, I don't know what the what what the deal is. I just know that they you can tell there's a sense of urgency and wanting to win and just not being okay with just. Well, we made it to the playoffs. And yeah. that's, they, they see what works, what's working. And I'm just hoping that there's some uh, transparency there from, you know, the front office and that maybe that there is a different, some different approaches that are taken in the offseason because you keep getting to that point. These young players can see that it's, it's not that it's not enough, that there's just a little bit more that needs to be done at this point. I agree. Uh, Jess, this is a franchise, obviously, that you've enjoyed a lot for most of your life as a fan. But uh, since you have been around this team from more of a media perspective, how does this, and I know it's obviously early, but how does this offseason and the way that the players are reacting, how aggressive Jerry has been in making those coaching changes, um, how mm -hmm. does this offseason, in your opinion, compare to maybe some that you've seen last year or in seasons past? 
Yeah, I think it definitely has a different feeling to that. And I think a lot of that is Mike McCarthy, right? I, I think, uh, again, people do not give Mike McCarthy the credit he deserves in terms of being able to maybe have this different kind of relationship with Jerry where it's more open-ended and being able to build the team like he wants to build the team. And I think also a lot of that, too, you're seeing is Dan Quinn even maybe having more of a say than, than we're thinking. So um, I, I think Jerry really allowing everybody to have their their respective control when it comes to their coaching and, and their, um, you know, their talent on their team is, is something new that we haven't seen. But I also think, you know, in terms of these younger guys and, and these players trying to recruit, uh, it's interesting to me because you're also talking about a team that when the OBJ conversation was up, they're taking him to a Mavs game. They're trying to parade him around Dallas to be like, look how cool it would be to live here, you know? And, and that is just, that's not something you see with just any team, right? So um, to me, it's, it's speaking volume that these guys are coming out here and they feel comfortable enough to vocalize these things. I think that's the most important thing. And I think a lot of that, and not to say this wasn't the case, you know, in, in years prior, because obviously I wasn't in the building and, and seeing things from more media side, I was seeing it from more of a fandom side. But I think Mike McCarthy has created this culture, and we talk about it a lot, to where these players feel comfortable uh, and, and they feel like it's a two-way conversation. It's not just one ear in one ear, out the other. It's very uh, two-sided and it's very reciprocated. I mean, they know that, Mike McCarthy is going to take it in. He's going to listen and he's going to take account for what they're telling him. And I think that's so important that these players have that kind of relationship with their coach because that is going to take them, I mean, to the next level, really, in, in my opinion, if if they can get the right talent in there. And, and like you said, Aisha, draft and develop is so important, but also uh, attacking during free agency and looking at even the weapons that uh, we've gotten during free agency that have ended up panning out later on for the team and how important they've ended up being. Um, and, and the one that comes to my mind automatically is when I think of free agency signings, I think of Anthony Barr uh, and kind of the impact he had when, when – uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't thought that he would. And then Dan Quinn has his stamp on uh, and this magic touch of being able to bring uh, players back to him for very good reasons. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting difference here that you're seeing. You're seeing the Mike McCarthy era and the open conversations that are allowed uh, to be had with these players to feel comfortable to actually speak up about the things that they're wanting and the things that this team is lacking right now. So good for them and good for Mike McCarthy. We we love a Mike McCarthy healthy culture uh, over here. Yeah, looking for answers. Yeah, I agree. I think for me this is the first time I've seen them really be this aggressive this early. I think a lot of times with this franchise yeah. it's been a lot of like, oh, like draft and Develop. Like, that's what we kind of cut our teeth on. That's what we're going to do. And this is really the first time where they said, okay, day after we lost, we're making coaching changes. You know, two weeks in, we're adding guys that we think are going to be of value. We were talking before the show, the offensive assistant that the Cowboys added, mm -hmm. uh, Will Harringer. Harringer? I'm going to figure out how to say his name properly uh, so that I don't mess it up. But uh, he was an offensive assistant at USC. But uh, something that stands out about him is how he transformed Caleb Williams and, and the season that he had. And you saw Caleb go from <laughs> – a great quarterback to an elite quarterback. And obviously that's at the college level. Things are different. But I think what Dak is lacking and has been lacking over the last couple of years is a guy who's going to come in and understand the kind of offense that he wants to run and the way he wants to command the offense and have somebody – 
you know, work with him one on one. So I'm hoping that that makes a difference as they also continue to add in, you know, other pieces on that as well. Mike McCarthy, when he was calling plays, well known for that West Coast style of offense, short passes, stretching the field horizontally. So we'll see just how that integrates along with, you know, adding uh, Brian Schlottenmeyer, Schlottenheimer, Shoddy, Shoddy, all these names. But then we're going to use the offseason to practice. Uh, But just a lot of changes. I have just loved how. Uh, like you said, Jess, like uh, how aggressive they've been, how committed they've been. It's not just the players, I think, who are committed to win, but I think it's the coaching staff as well. No, yeah, they're definitely looking for answers because here's the thing is like your core nucleus of guys are probably still going to be here. You don't want to lose your locker room. No. You don't want to lose your locker room because you don't want to make changes or whatever the case may be. Like I, we wholeheartedly, we looked at every game, we looked at all this stuff, and a lot of it was scheme. A lot of it was like, what are you doing here? A lot of it was, so for them to be trying to, they're just looking for answers. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's going to get guys in here that he's comfortable with that can kind of echo his his language. And I honestly think that I, I'm trying to, again, I'm, I'm trying to take the approach of like, when Dan Quinn got hired by the Cowboys, a lot of people were like, Oh, Lord, like, why would y'all bring him in here or whatever? And uh, this is going to be the same Seattle-type defense, whatever. And he comes in here, he's like, Salt Bay, like, (laughs) just kidding. And so I'm trying to be— Like a polite Salt Bay. Exactly. No, very polite, (laughs) because Salt Bay don't be polite all the time. Um, But just with with Mike McCarthy, he don't be polite all the time. No, he's not He not, girl. He'll sprinkle salt on you. Guys, you made me knock my phone over. I got so sad. I'm sorry. He he, he was not polite at the World Cup see, either. That's what I'm saying. He, he be doing his thing. But anyway, oh, like man. I just um I, I like the approach. I like the approach to start. Like I like the approach to start. Now, can we mirror that with, hey, we're drafting accordingly, but also sprinkling in some free agents that can put this team over the top. Like mm. because experience seemed like it mattered in this playoffs as well. I mean in this Super Bowl as well. I feel like you saw some of the experience in the coaching like we talked about, mm-hmm. especially in the second half from yep. the Chiefs. Like, the adjustments. What? I mean even the the, the, the second yeah. half adjustments. Even though they don't exist. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we've been told they don't exist. There's no such thing. They go in there and get some Gatorade and come back <laughs> out come with baby. But they were they were not allowed to watch the Rihanna concert. At least the Chiefs weren't. Tater tot. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes uh, was That's on sad. one of the the nightly shows. And I can't remember which one, um, but he told the audience that uh, Andy Reid told them, "If you go out to watch Rihanna, you might as well just like don't come back." So I hope they oh, were able. Man. to Dang, I felt like she. I thought they. I really thought they might have watched her, and they gave uh, them like some some, some good, life, some life, like some like really? motivation. Yes, I I thought so, but now that you said that they, yeah. but no, yeah. I just really I felt like the experience there, and that's something that I. I always felt like with Kellen Moore was something that stifled the Cowboys when you got into uh, later into the playoffs or even in the regular season when you played a defensive yeah. coordinator that's been there before. The Chiefs came out in the second half and you could tell they were like, "Oh, <laughs> we've been here before. We we did this yeah. before. This ain't this ain't scary, yeah. you know." And so having experienced I, coaches yeah. in here, sorry, girls, so having experienced coaches in here, even Shotty's been there before, been there plenty of times. So plenty of times, plenty of times. Go ahead, Jesse. No, I think, uh, you know, 
a part of it too is you be aggressive in free agency, you uh, draft and develop, but also utilize what you have Say already. Say that, man. Because I feel like offensively, you also have never had a, a well-established identity. Yes, you have your run game, mm -hmm. you have your one-two punch, but then what else? You have your CeeDee Lamb who emerged after the OBJ talk came out, but then what? I mean, you have to know what your player's strengths are and you have to play up on them. You have to utilize their talent and their strengths. I mean, Michael Gallup was basically uh, non-existent and, you know, people can can say, well, that's a Michael Gallup thing. Well, was it a Michael Gallup thing or was it a, a game plan scheme thing? Because you look at it and uh, you can't tell me any player in this league doesn't want the ball. I mean, that's not how it works, guys. You you have to be integrated in your offense to be able to get the ball. So um, even um, I'm looking at this article that one of my colleagues with Blogging the Boys did, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis on their first and 10 podcast. Great stuff. Um, they talked to Cavante Turpin and this quote right here, uh, they, they talked to him about, you know, him wanting to be more integrated in the offense uh, come next season, which is something that in the locker room he had told me, he said, you know, I want to focus on special teams this first year, get through the rest of whatever the season looks like and then I want to you know talk about getting more integrated in the offense but he said we had a talk during my exit meeting basically saying they already know what I did with special teams this year and all of that but they're going to try and get me on the offense and try to make these guys respect me more on both sides of the ball I'm going into this training camp I'm basically trying to show them that they have no choice but to use me on offense and that's my mindset that's what Kevontae Turpin said again you have a weapon with Kevontae Turpin that uh yeah Focus him on special teams. We get he's great on special teams. We know that. Give him his rest this offseason. That man has been working. Give him some rest this offseason. And then, yeah, utilize your weapons. My whole point is, guys, we don't know what exactly this team can look like because we never saw them fully utilized, except every now and then there's little dashes and sprinkles of what they're capable of. But I think what I'm most excited for with all of these changes and, and you know, maybe some free agency uh, attacks and then the draft and develop scheme of all of, of, all of the things is – how these current players are going to be utilized and how they are going to feel more comfortable in, in the grand scheme of things. So that's something, um, too, that I wanted to make sure to mention was utilize your guys you already have on top Such of all Such a good that. point. Love Such that. a good point. And I'm sure the players are – I'm, sh I'm sure there's some excitement, you know, just – it, regardless, like they can miss Kellen Moore all they want to, but there's some excitement with being with with the change. Like, I just, just keep it a bug. Like, there are plenty of times like why we sat there and watched Jake Ferguson be like non-existent in the last two games, and it's just like, yep, where are these tight ends? Yeah. Like, they've been such an intricate part of this offense, and I agree with you. Is like I hope that with this coaching regime, we don't run into seeing like. Well, that guy hasn't touched the ball in two weeks like that. And even with Kevontae Turpin, like, um, I don't I'm not sure, you know, obviously, like he did have some receiving opportunities when he was with TCU, but he was mostly a special teamer as well. So obviously getting him in and letting him learn the playbook and all that stuff might be something that played a factor into it. But there were plenty of times that I said to myself, like, he can do what Kadarius Tony do. He can do that, too. You know, like. So I agree with you, Jess, is that I'm ready to see the gentlemen that are on this team that we've seen be playmakers be able to be involved in this offense on a regular basis as well. Yep, we will see kind of how that pans out. We've got to take our second break because we are just flying through all this content. But we come back, we're going to hear Aisha's thoughts on the draft as we kick down to that. Uh, we'll be right back here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Mm-hmm. 
At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original Angel Food and New Angel Food Slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups, so you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Get ready for a new season with brand new gear. Visit your local pro shop or log on to DallasCowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and upgrade your Cowboys Nation wardrobe today. Final block here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We've got about five minutes left to chat. As we've mentioned before, Aisha has been working so hard on our draft show. She's helping us get ready for the upcoming combine and the upcoming draft and some guys that we need to pay attention to. So every Thursday, we're going to give her the mic and let her kind of talk about what she has been seeing. Aisha, talk to me. Who's standing out? Who's looking good? Who should we be pulling up the film on? Um, so I am looking. I have been looking at a couple of wide receivers just because I know for a fact like that's that's something that, you know, Cowboys fans are really looking at um, and really wanted to. I've been looking at Josh Downs. Um, I know people have talked about him quite a bit as of late from North Carolina. Um, I just like his feet work, I, his footwork. I like him off the line. Now, granted, like, Josh isn't a huge dude, so he's going to be playing more slot type stuff. Um, but what he's going to do, he's going to allow definitely allow CeeDee Lamb to go to the outside and work out there. CeeDee Lamb has worked predominantly in the slot. Um, I think that he also matches kind of some of the the receiver types that, granted, depending on the day, like Mike McCarthy, like big slot players, but there's there's been a couple of situations where he didn't with the Randall Cobb guys. Not, Randall Cobb was a small a small slot, well not a small <laughs> slot, but so I'm looking at guys that could kind of be the Randall Cobb type situation. And looking at Josh Downs, I actually think he's a better route runner than he is. I think that he is actually better off the line of scrimmage than than uh, what Randall Cobb was. But he can get open on his own. He's vicious and he is a red zone threat. Like, and I understand the Cowboys have red zone threats in the tight ends or whatever, but to have a, a constant red zone threat because he can get open at the line. It's condensed when you get to the red zone. I think that this gentleman could be a good addition. Also, too, um, I'm going to make sure I say his name right. I'm not going to listen. Don't. Steve Avelia, Avelia um, from TCU. He's an offensive lineman. He's a guard. I'm looking at guards. Uh, there are guards in this draft class, but 
I'm not going to say a whole bunch are really good. The only reason why I bring him up is because of his showing at the Senior Bowl was, was really good. But I, I really do think that he has the ability, to, especially technique-wise. I think technique-wise, he's one of the most sound that I've seen. Uh, sound. He's, I think he played center. They showed him at center a couple times in the Senior Bowl. But I think that he's one of the most tech, technically sound uh, guys in this draft as a guard. And I also think that... He has the ability to get to the second level and do things like that, and that's something that I know for a fact that they're going to want to do, that um, Solari and Mike McCarthy are going to do. The run game is going to be a huge point of emphasis yeah. going moving forward, and even running back-wise, like I'm sure we're going to talk about it uh, on the draft show, is like there's a lot of running backs in this draft. You, I'm almost positive that, yeah, you kind of want a power runner, but you want a guy that can also catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So with that being said, I really think that a, a Steve Avelia is somebody that – and him being here, local. Yeah, right so there, the he's going to do – if I'm not mistaken, typically these Hometown guys... Hometown is Arlington. Yeah, SMU. Yeah, thank you. SMU, TCU, those guys that are in this vicinity, they typically meet with the Cowboys. I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's Cowboy Day. It's something day. Something day where they, the local recruits... Get Pro to day. Dallas Day. It, it, Dallas Day. They see oh. that's that's what she's here <laughs> for. Like, Look at her. Dallas Day. Seeing of all the days. <laughs> because he's in close proximity, <laughs> I think he is someone that the Cowboys could be looking at because of uh, obviously because of proximity and because of his play. So those are my two gentlemen I've been looking at. I watched a lot of Josh Downs yesterday, and he can get busy. Um, so yeah. Those are my gentlemen. Awesome. You can catch Aisha on the draft show coming up right after this at 11 o'clock. Jess, real quick, I'll give you the final thought based on kind of what Aisha has been watching. What do you think your biggest need is for this offseason? Where are some pieces that she should be looking at for this team? Mm -hmm. I'm glad. Well, <laughs> I'm really glad you started looking into wide receivers um, because the more I sat and really thought about this from our conversation last week, I think that is a point of emphasis. The more we hear CeeDee Lamb talk and, uh, you know, that interview alone with the Sports <laughs> Illustrated. But I think wide receiver, wide receiver should be key here. And I know that may not be the popular opinion, but I think the more help you can get CeeDee, the more help you can get Dak on that offensive, uh, you know, in the off and the offense as a whole, the more uh, identity you're going to get established and not just be a running team, but be actually a threat when it comes to the passing game as well. So uh, I'm going to look into this Josh Downs guy. Aisha, you have me Googling him over I here, like and I him. like what I see. Uh, tied for seventh with touchdowns, 11 touchdowns in the 2022 season. Um, you can come to Dallas and get 11 touchdowns. I would not be upset about that at all. That would be great. So, um, yeah, I think wide receiver, Haley, to answer your question. Awesome. Another insightful conversation with my girls. You can catch us every Tuesday. <laughs> Just kidding. You can catch us every Thursday <laughs> at 10 o'clock. We're still adjusting to the new time, but uh, always good chatting with you ladies. We'll have a lot more in the coming weeks, especially with the combine coming up and uh, coaching changes continuing. So stick with us as we continue to get you ready for the 2023 season, which is only a few months away. Oh God. <laughs> That'll do it for us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We will see you guys next Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!